Welcome to Vinyl Verdict. I'm Bell. I'm Jamie. I'm Ploof. And this week, we're thanking you. Jamie, what'd you pick this week? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, uh, we're uh, we're thanking you for listening to this podcast about David Bowie's The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and The Spiders from Mars. That's true. You can't forget the and. And. It's a very long album name. It is. Yeah, very long. But if you look on the cover... It just says David Bowie's Ziggy Stardust. So yeah. The, the, well, the rise of. and fall part is yeah, very, very small. small. Very small. Yeah. Um, I just call it Ziggy Stardust. It most, is, most people do, honestly. Yeah. It's it's his fifth studio album. Mm-hmm. It is, technically speaking, his breakout album. Wow. Uh, it came out in 1972. Yeah. It was very popular. Played Starman on like Top of the Pops or something in, yeah. in England. Very and, popular and, after that. It became that. very popular. See, I don't that, know yeah. anything about David Bowie. And David I, David I mean, I still don't. Bowie. Uh, so I was surprised mm. that this is his breakout album. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, but uh, I wrote some notes down. Let's see if I can read them without looking over my glasses. Um, it was considered merely average in contemporary reviews. A lot of reviews were kind of like, oh, I, I can't believe this is the album that David David breaks out on. Yeah. Um, Rolling Stone was kind of mixed on it, uh, but retrospective reviews of it, uh, in Rolling Stone are far more positive than their initial review. Um, but sales of the album catapulted David to uh, stardom in 1972 and three. Uh, reappraisals of the album like uh, in the last like 10, 15 years uh, call it the greatest album. Um, one of his greatest albums. It's one of the greatest albums of all time according to Rolling Stone. Um, in 1987, Rolling Stone named it the number six album of the last 20 years. Really? It was their um, retrospective of their 20 years in existence because they started publishing in 1967. Um, and on their t- uh, top 500 greatest albums of all time, it was number 35 on wow. the initial list. Uh, and on the current list, it is number 45. Uh, and in a retrospective review in 2015, Pitchfork gave it a rare 10 out of 10. Whoa. Really? And they hate music. So. They hate music. That's true. Um, I don't agree with like a large part of that. Um, I think it is largely very subjective. Right? You really have to. I think a lot of this album is very good. Uh, sure. I, I don't think it is a perfect album. Absolutely not. And that's, and you can take that to the bank. That's my bottom <laughs> part. Um, <laughs> Um, the album is a loose rock opera, or perhaps a concept album, akin to Tommy, or probably more closer to American Idiot, in, yeah. in that it, it follows like a loose group of characters. 100%. Um, the story, such as it is, follows a bisexual space alien named Ziggy Stardust. He lives in on Earth in the last five years before Earth dies. And probably looks like a human. And probably looks like a human. <laughs> Uh, Ziggy forms a band called the Spiders from Mars, which sees some success before it succumbs to his ego and he dies on stage. That's the whole story. Yep. Um, I thought he saved Earth. Uh, does he, though? I guess. Yeah, that's Cause, what cause I thought as does. well. I'm like, does he? Because yeah. everyone's like, he's come to save Earth. Wow. Then it's like, oh, he's a rock star. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's killed by the fans. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but he saved... Did he not he... save the Earth? Are yeah. they going to die in... How, how, how long more years? is this? Yeah, <laughs> they die in a is, it, years? is it the whole five years? <laughs> yeah. Um, this album represents David Bowie's first foray into the glam rock sound. 
Uh, although there are multiple musical styles on this album, some people call it proto punk. Yeah, there's definitely uh, a couple. Tra- there's a couple tracks that I kind of agree with it on. It's not. I don't know if I'd go so far as to call it proto punk, but you can you can kind of see it there. Um, so the Sex Pistols describe some of the songs as being inspirational for their first album, which came yeah. out in seventy seven, seventy eight. I can't remember. I can't remember. Uh, that's the one with God Save the Queen on it. Um, <laughs> He released four albums in this style, uh, Ziggy Stardust, uh, Aladdin Sane, which is the next album, uh, Pinups, which is a covers album done in the glam rock style, mm. and the That's last one is cool. Diamond Dogs. Uh, Diamond Dogs is great. I like Diamond Dogs. A lot of people don't. I think it's good. Yeah, um, I like Diamond Dogs. And then he abruptly changed the sound for the next uh, album, which was Young Americans, which is more of a soul album. Yeah. Uh, and by the end of the decade, his sound was completely different. It was more dance pop. Yeah, he's changed quite a bit over the years. He's put out a lot of music, though, too. Yeah. Um, have you ever played the game Omicron, the Nomad Soul? I know what it is, but I haven't played it. He did. He both stars in the game and uh, the whole soundtrack yeah, for it. Cool. It's quite good. Yeah, I'd never knowingly listened to David Bowie before. Like, I was talking to somebody like, oh, you've heard Changes. I was like, okay, I've heard that song. But I'd never seen this cover. Never seen, I don't think, any of the album covers. You played Guitar Hero, though, right? Yeah, depending Ziggy, on which one. Ziggy Stardust is in Guitar Hero yeah. One, or I think no, I would have played three, yeah, okay. maybe, and then I was a rock band kid. But I like, I was really Suff- excited. I think Suffragette City was on Rock Band. Yeah, because yes, I, I, I knew that so. song, I, but I couldn't, one, I couldn't yeah. place where. Yeah, um, the only thing David Bowie I know is Bowie's in Space by Fly the Concords, which <laughs> yeah. is a great song. Classic. What you do in there? Uh, there wasn't any sort of reason. I just like. No, I don't know anybody who's super into David Bowie. Yeah, he's older uh, now too, and I mean he died. Well, he's dead, yeah, twenty sixteen. Yeah, died the same year as Prince. Been that long? Yeah, yeah, it's wow. been a while. Same year as Prince. That's crazy. And he, and he put out like Black Star right before he died or yeah, something he had too, right? Terminal lung cancer. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this in this album, he was terminally on cocaine. <laughs> someone did a, a, a an infographic. I, of I saw like, an infographic like that too. David Bowie's cocaine use, like, and you could plot it. And he said that station to station, the album that comes after Young Americans, he has no recollection of ever recording. Wow, wow. that's crazy. Just, he, he put out a whole album without knowing. Wh- wh- Anything about it. That's like Stephen King and Cujo. Apparently he wrote like the whole thing. Maximum just, Overdrive. Or Maxim, was it yeah. Maximum Overdrive? Maximum yeah, overdrive. super yeah. messed up on cocaine the whole time. Doesn't remember it at all. Anything, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I like this album. Um, the copy I brought is my mom's. Um, I don't remember my mom ever playing this album as a kid. Um, I got into it when I was in university. Uh, as well as Diamond Dogs, which I think has a... I don't know. The, the Diamond Dogs from Diamond Dogs is a cool sounding song. Um, I actually got into this album because I came uh, across the bootleg of the live album that from this tour is called Live Santa Monica 72. Um, they actually put it out as an actual like official release um, um, maybe 15 years ago. Hmm. Um, and that's a really good time capsule. It, ca- it captures them on tour. Um, there's an actual live album that was put out. It was put out in the 80s. It was called the Ziggy Stardust, the motion picture, the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty good as well. Um, but this is an interesting point in time in his career. Um, in later tours, he performs some of the songs from this album but he does not do them in the same style. What do you mean? 
Uh, he does them more into the style of the music that he's performing at the time. Really? So uh, there's uh, the album that uh, Bell and I picked up. Uh, we went to the record store a couple weeks ago and I picked up David Live. Sure. Um, and he does it in the like the Heroes style, the Heroes album style. Yeah. Um, so much more kind of dancey like Ziggy heroes. Stardust. Yeah. yeah. Just for one day. Um, but I, I like the, I like this album. What, what did you folks think? I like it for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the like hit tracks are really good. Yeah, and classics, tons of classics on this, like Suffragette Get City." Yeah. Um, I was surprised a little bit when I was looking at like the Spotify plays on what the more popular ones were. Starman, yeah, yeah. I, was, I don't know why Starman is so popular. For me, it was always uh, like was, Ziggy. He was in a number of commercials. Oh, yeah, it's okay. like three hundred million plays. Or yeah, something like yeah, that. quite yeah. a bit. Um, I was always more partial to like Ziggy Stardust, I yeah. Forget City, um, even Five Years. It's it's weird how much I like Five Years. Um, and like, but yeah, I don't know. It's there's like a weird lull in the kind of third quarter of the album mm-hmm. that I'm just not super fond of. It's like four tracks in a row where I'm just like, this is just kind of boring and let's move on. Um, but the rest of it is like amazing. So it's, I, I had trouble scoring this one. Uh, Interesting. And yeah. I debated internally for like quite a bit, actually. So, side A is a strong part of the album. Yeah. Um, I do like most of side B though. But I am more of a David Bowie fan than probably both sure. of you. Yeah. yeah. I yeah, I grew up listening to Bowie because my dad's a big fan. Sure. Uh, he had this album as well as many others. Shout out uh, to Mr. Blue. Shout out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I actually like my favorite Bowie album that I have. I only have one and it's a cover album because it's by Sue George or Sue Jorge. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the one from um, um, The Life Aquatic. Life Aquatic. Yeah. Because yeah, he does a number of co- covers from yeah. this album. Throughout the movie, he's yeah. seen playing acoustic guitar and they're always Bowie songs. And but then he put, uh, on Espanol. Yeah. Well, uh, Portuguese. Portuguese. Yeah. So, but then he put out an album with all those covers and I really like those covers yeah quite a bit they're actually very interesting yes yeah. you put that on for us one yeah time. they're yeah. pretty good um so like i'm not a crazy huge bowie fan but i grew up listening to this stuff like i've heard this album tons of times sure. uh let alone the standout tracks like even more i was actually surprised to find that they aren't in as many movies as i was expecting i thought for sure that a bunch of these have been played like consistently in media throughout the last like 40 years but i couldn't find a ton of examples when i look for it yeah I think it mostly stems from like Rock Band and Guitar Hero and just playing them over and over there. Sure, it's probably been using TV too. Then. That's I just what can't I think. Yeah, yeah, I just can't. I couldn't find anything. But um, yeah. Anyway, I liked it overall. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we'll discuss it further. Sure. Later. What do you think, Bill? I really liked it. Oh, uh, good. Very, very pleasantly surprised, and definitely, definitely be listening to more David Bowie. Um, see, the problem though is that David Bowie is all, all over, the over the place. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Uh, like you said, I th- was very pleasantly surprised by the storyline because it's not something that's like super common for it to have such a core concept. Sure. Uh, and surprisingly, even though there's lots of fade outs, I feel like it helps the dreamlike story that's being told and kind of helps the whole like time is passing because it's like all yeah. of a sudden he's a rock star and yeah. then all of a sudden he's like realizing sexuality th- is a thing and then all of a sudden he's having sex with people and that, but it doesn't really, I never felt like it was crazy or that things were advancing so fast yeah. versus uh, American idiot. It was like all of a sudden he's moved to this new town and everybody loves him. He's got a gang of people following him and it's like, what is going on? And yeah. this one felt more grounded, even though the story is so much farther out there. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't really mind the lull of the second side because it still had songs that were upper paced. 
um, where I even go like, you know, Star is probably, we'll talk about more, but Star is probably my least favorite song of the album, and it's still a very good song. Sure. Uh, I, thought it was a, I thought it was a really strong album. Cool. Really good. Yeah. Uh, should we give it a listen? Please. What an album. <laughs> what an album. Indeed. You five know, years. Five years. Uh, five years is an interesting song. It introduces the story, but it doesn't, like, Ziggy Stardust isn't in five years. No, it's yeah. all about, like, the downfall of Earth. People are listening to a broadcast yeah. about how the... They've the, got five years left. they got five years, and people are freaking out. It's talking about people, like, like freaking out in the streets. Except for that one girl with a milkshake. Yeah, and she's just sitting there calmly. She's having a good time. <laughs> she She's ready for a den. Yeah. Um, she's got to wait a long time though. But the, yeah, the, yeah, right. The narrator, uh, the narrator is just observing people. Yeah, uh, I thought that's an interesting way to start the album. I never really paid attention to the lyrics very much until I had to for the podcast. Yeah, the um, mix for my um, stereo was odd. The vocals were really quiet compared to the instruments, so it made it really hard to understand what was happening. Well, but it was very listening, really? like in my car or on my headphones, it did sound better. So I was like, I don't know what it is about. It the, might be your stereo. Yeah, what it is yeah. about the stereo because it has enhanced some songs, but this song in particular, I was like, I have no clue hmm. what he's saying. Uh, but I did really like the lyrics and the story that's being told, and it's like the the havoc that happens when it's like the world is is the world's going gonna to end. end, especially when it's so far out. Yeah, like yeah. five years. Like how do you even begin to comprehend that right uh, which i really liked it's a it's a cool theme uh and the instrumentation is very very good uh, i really enjoyed the song yeah i like how it builds towards the end too yeah it's a it's a slow start to like a slow but really big intro to the whole album the yes. whole the whole thing feels like really large to me where he's almost yelling at parts of it too mm, especially yeah. the like five years like the, mm-hmm. the 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 big near the end there um i also like how I don't know what you call it when someone plays just like a big pronounced chord on a piano, you know, when they're playing like instead of like like, a day in the life where. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, But I I really enjoyed that. I thought it all comes together really well. And this Mm -hmm. is, this is a track that I've always really enjoyed on, on the, uh, on the album, just for that. Like there's something about the end with the like five years repetition that Mm -hmm. even if I stop paying attention to the song, that always pulls me back Mm -hmm. like instantly. And yeah, Yeah, it's a really good intro. Yeah. Yeah, it really sets the stage for what's to come. Um, I, my, Soul Love is probably my favorite of a song on the album. It's good. I thought it was a weird departure uh, from the intro, but um, he just—I like how he—I I like how he's observing the different kinds of love on Earth. Oh yeah, uh, I thought that was like he—he's looking at love and he's, he's like, well, I don't have love and love can't love me back. All I have is my love and love is not loving. Yeah. Which I thought was such a good line yeah. for so many reasons. It's like love is not easy. It is not good. It's not like uh, it's not always something they get back. Like I don't know. It just is such yeah, a, a it's, good. It's yeah, it's a very good observation. Yeah. And the sax um, solo halfway yeah. through the song. Yeah. My God, I was like, oh yeah, oh yes. I wrote that down too. So tasteful. He's really got, good song. He's got just such a cool voice too. I forgot to introduce the, the members of uh, 
the the band but david bowie played with mick ronson who was the guitarist and um i can't remember some of the other guys but uh one of the the guy who plays the piano on on the um five years went on to become the piano player or keyboardist in uh yes oh that's cool it's rick wakeman i'm yeah. surprised um that it's not bowie playing piano i thought he could play piano I, i'm sure he, he did but but yeah, he was got someone he plays, for this album yeah yeah rick wakeman plays the piano on most of the tracks um but uh i probably should have written that down anyway i'll look it up later but um but mick ronson a hell of a guitarist yeah uh, he he plays most of the guitar on all of this on this album all the really crunchy riffs yeah that's him uh, they sound really good the so. one one cool thing about the saxophone that i found and i don't know if it was just me listening on headphones mm-hmm. but it had really it had really weird left and right separation yeah that's intentional I think. Yeah, yeah right it sounds like there's almost two saxophones at sometimes yeah i think it's double tracked it is okay yeah, yeah I, knew, I, I believe I, th- I believe it's like he's playing with himself right yeah okay cool uh, which I think is interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, I like the message in the song. Yeah, I think that that, that was really cool. But I, I also like the, the way, you know, the, the song progresses in the, mm-hmm. the saxophone is really cool too. Um, Moonage Daydream is one of the more popular songs yeah, on the album. I was surprised. I think it's all right. <laughs> I like the intro because it reminded me of uh, the intro to Jesus Suburbia. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Dun, yeah. Dun, dun, <laughs> get my television fixed. I was <laughs> like, yeah, okay, this is genius. But it is a very good song. Uh, the chorus, awesome. Really, really good uh, chorus for the keep your put your ray gun to my head kind of thing. I was like, oh man, this is this is great. Bass. I really like the the breakdown about halfway through. Um, I don't know. I found this one kind of boring. I'm not crazy about Moon Age Daydream. Yeah, the guitar. Well, the guitar solo at the end, it's not really that interesting. And it just goes on for so long. I don't know if he was trying to like replicate like a space phaser or something because he kind of just hits one note for a little while. Yeah. Um, um, If you listen to it on your stereo, the stereo separation for it is like it it sounds like a phaser shooting across. I had headphones on. I did not notice like at all. I think you really have to have like a wide sound stage. Yeah. A wide sound stage. Cause it sounds like a, like a phaser shooting across. Okay. And the the wind instruments are super tasteful and the Mm -hmm. layering of harmonizing instruments is great. The strings that come in in the final chorus, like it is so good. Just the little swell before we went to that final, uh, final chorus is really, really good. Uh, the song was originally trotted out as a single by David's uh, side project called Arnold Corns in 1971. <laughs> it did Corns. not char- chart, and this song was re-recorded for this album. Thank you, Mr. Corns. Mr. Corns, yeah, yeah Arnold Corns. Yeah. Um, um, the song made David Bowie a gay icon because if you listen to the lyrics without reading them, it sounds like he's saying the Church of Man love. Yeah, <laughs> but there's a comma there, um, but it's intentionally left provocative. Uh, and David's sexuality was in question at yeah. the time, and he like in like intentionally did that um, because he was in character, kind of like um, Daniel Day Lewis, yeah. like refuses to get out of character while he's filming a movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the entire time he was filming or filming recording this album, he was in the boat, uh, the Ziggy character, which is like really weird. Yeah, and then he changed for the American tour, right? To um, Aladdin Sane. Aladdin Sane. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, which is very weird and, and quite a choice. Um, yeah, I like the makeup and stuff for Aladdin Sane. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, with the the thunderbolt on his yeah, head. Yeah, and the pink cool. and stuff. Yeah. Um, Starman. 
Yeah. This one's a classic. A very I, good song. I really like this one. Um, fun, fun lyrics. I really like the rhythm of his singing and everything. The chorus is fun. Uh, the outro takes a while, but it's all right. I do not like the intro. It just sounds like he's playing guitars out of tune. I was like, yeah. oh, oh, move on. So it was like a weird start, and I was like, oh, my God. This song rocks. Yeah, yeah it rips. Uh, I like the chorus is great. The prominent vocals. That octave junk, when he says Starman in the chorus, just sounds like uh, the Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Oh, sure. Yeah. Starman. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's so good. I and the faster uh, acoustic guitar kind of breakdown after the chorus is really good. Uh, though I'm not a huge fan of the electric guitar that comes after the final verse. Mm, fair uh, it's fine, though. Um, the So this is another song told by a narrator. Yeah. Um, yeah, because like watching him come down. Yeah, he's listening to the, like, Ziggy's broadcasting to, like, everybody. And he's like, oh, I'm the, he, the there's a spaceman. He says he's coming to greet us or whatever. Yeah, because yeah. he, like, calls his friend in America. And he's like, yeah, like, this is crazy. So, it, like, shows that around the world they know this is happening and stuff. Yeah, it's and cool. he's like, don't, just don't tell my dad. He's going to freak out. Yeah, it's yeah. so fun. <laughs> It's a really um, fun uh, idea, and the and you get the idea that Ziggy's message is for the youth, not for the adults. Mm-hmm. He's gonna he's gonna come down and help the adults or so the youth of uh, yeah. Yeah, he world. told me let the children lose it, let the children use it, let all the children boogie. Yeah, it's like we're gonna save save the world by having the kids dance. Boogie yeah, down, boogie. It's like, okay, sure, but man, yeah, that chorus is iconic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're li- uh, next track is it ain't easy, which is the last track on uh, side A. Or side one, I think, yeah. I thought it's got a, it's got a pretty great chorus that's kind of very full, which complements the more empty song. It is mm-hmm. the only cover song on the. Entire I thought album. it was a cover. It's very bluesy. Yeah, it and is a, a cover of a blues song I, that I, had been covered several times that year. Yeah, I even wrote down. I don't get how it fits the album, to be honest. Yeah, no, me either. <laughs> I think it's just it's. It, I think he liked it because it sounds like. You know, like the experience of youth. Sure. Yeah. And he's and he's trying to come down and yeah and make a career and yeah. It's almost like just just saying a sermon. Yeah. It's like the whole thing. It's just like okay. Uh, I did not like the verses. It was like again a little too raw um, compared to the rest of the album so far and Mm -hmm. what comes afterwards. Mm -hmm. But the the chorus is super good. Yeah. The chorus. (laughs) It's like it becomes just so epic and the high production value that we've been having. Mm -hmm. So it's like okay. I guess if you look at it as more of a, like the verses are him speaking, yeah, and the chorus is like the agreeance of the crowd or whatever it is, but uh, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, and then uh, side uh, B begins with Lady Stardust. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a song about how Ziggy Stardust is an androgynous figure loved by both men and women. Great song. Another great song. I found basically the next three tracks to just i don't care about them that much i don't know what it is but lady stardust star and hang on to yourself just don't do it for me Mm. like i think they're all all right i don't hate them or or actively dislike them i wouldn't skip them Mm -hmm. um but they don't stand out to me the way basically the rest of the album does fair and i don't know it might be reflected by like spotify's list too they've only got like they've got significantly less plays than pretty much all the other tracks um i like the chorus in this song Mm -hmm. um in fact, I like the choruses in most of the songs. Yeah, he the writes choruses good, are really he writes good. Writes a good chorus. Yeah. Um, people have said the song is about Mark Bolin. He was the lead singer of the band T Rex, uh, which uh, which was a wildly popular band in England in 1972. Uh, Mark Bolin, like Ziggy Stardust, was androgynous and wore heavy makeup. Um, 
and uh, David was a, a both a friend and a fan of T-Rex cool. at the time. Hmm. Yeah, I liked uh, I liked the song. It's engaging. It's dynamic. Lyrics don't really do a whole lot for me, but I appreciate the pace change. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I enjoy it. It's a good slower song. Uh, Star is the next track. Uh, it references a number of things happening in both seven, 1972 and in England in general, such as the fighting in Belfast during the Troubles. Mm-hmm. Um, and it mentions um, um, some, some Bevan. It mentions the name Bevan in it. Anyway, Bevan was the uh, health minister that introduced the national health system. Oh, um, Bevan tried to change the nation. Bevan tried to change the nation. He tried. Yeah, it's fine. Um, song. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, some of the lyrics are also self-referential to David Bowie's current situation. He had just had a son, and the previous albums he released were not a huge success. He references playing a different character and needing money several yeah. times. Yeah, yeah, I could do with that money. You know, I could. <laughs> I'm so wiped out with things as they are. I'm not saying that. That's David Bowie, by the way. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, oh, so, th- thank you. Uh, thank you for clarifying. <laughs> something about Star. I didn't have much notes for for it, but something about it just felt like a contrived filler, which is, I don't know, harsh. I, I, I know I, it's harsh. I, I know, think but... it's supposed to be like how. I feel like he felt like he had to fill out the album and push the story along. Yeah, because the story's really loose anyway. It's, it's kind of like, loose it's anyway, like it, yeah. It picks up in the middle. So, like, I guess um, Ziggy is already a star at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And we see that in the next song. Uh, hang on, hang to on yourself. yourself. Where he's having sex. He's, he's yeah, he's, he's... He's an alien and he's here to bang. He's banging groupies, yes. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Yeah, I think the guitar is pretty fun on this one. I like the claps about halfway through or so. Sure. But I'm a sucker for like a good clap section. Hey, uh, we just ball and play. <laughs> but then we move like tigers on Vaseline. <laughs> Oof, let me tell you. Oof. I get to me, that gives me the vapors. Yeah, I like how upbeat this one is. It's it's pretty good. It's, um, it's the Sex Pistol said this was the inspiration for God Save the Queen. Really? Yeah. Like yeah, National Anthem? I can kind of see that. Yeah, like the National Anthem. <laughs> yeah. Um, the song is about how Ziggy is boning groupies and how it was never serious love for him. Wow. I don't like the fade out on this one. <laughs> I was like, okay, you could probably just get into this one, but okay. Yeah, I like how raw and loud it is. Yeah. Um, that's about all I like about this song. I'm tapping, I'm head bobbing to this song. It's a good song. Yeah, sure. It's got a but good beat to it. Whatever yeah. else. Yeah. Ziggy Stardust. This the title is, track. This is the one that I am surprised doesn't have the most plays. This is like the titular track to mm-hmm. me. I mean, it's got the name and everything. Yeah, this is where I figured out that uh, the Spiders from Mars is the band name. Yeah. I was like, where are these spiders? That's <laughs> going to end the world, yeah. I guess. Like, I don't know. I was like, ah. Oh. And like, I don't know. It's just such a, a bummer song. Like for a story, I really like it for a story song. But it's like, yeah, his band hates him. Yeah, and then band- the fans turn on him and kill him, and it's like, oh, yeah, rest in peace, Ziggy. Rip. Uh, yeah, the the fans don't like him because uh, he's he's succumbed to his own ego, and the band doesn't like him because he's a dick. Mm-hmm. Um, in an interview, David Bowie said that the inspiration for the song was uh, the English singer Vince Taylor. He was an early rock and roll pioneer who flamed out. In the mid '60s, after declaring himself an alien god, sex wow. rock star, sick. And, Sounds like a champion to me. Yeah, and then he went crazy and moved to Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I really, I really like the lyrics and Bowie's singing. I it keeps me interested during the slower parts, and then the chorus is just really weird, but in a good way. Like I really love it, um, especially with that guitar lick that comes in at yes. the end of it with Bowie vocalizing a bit. Yeah, this is this is easily my favorite song on the album. Yeah, yeah like sure, this. it's a good song. Yeah, I like the Ziggy Stardust just fine. It's in Guitar Hero One. Hmm. Um, Suffragette City is the next one, and historically Manchester was known as Suffragette City. I didn't know that. Um, it was the, the birthplace of the suffragette movement in suffrage. England. Yeah. Yeah, women's suffrage. Um, so this song is Ziggy threatening his friend Henry by saying he'll send him back to Manchester. Dang. Uh, and he won't be able to afford to come back because, like... I thought he was dead. I don't know. Like, like, I think he <laughs> dies in rock and roll suicide. I thought, no, he's already dead in that one because time is already there waiting for him. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. He I think somebody's calling Henry. Someone's he, threatening Henry. Yeah, he I, always, I, thought it was, I thought it was Ziggy threatening his friend Henry. Anyway, friend, Henry's, uh, but, okay, but, but I think it's about Ziggy. I think it's just the narrator, isn't it? I think Ziggy's having sex with this girl and that's the, like, the woman that won't stop nagging him and he's like telling Henry to leave him alone about it. I don't know. Even Genius anyway. is just like the narrator. I don't know who that is though. <laughs> Classic. If um, you know, tweet at us at Final yeah. Verdict. There's several references to the movie and book A Clockwork Orange in it. It's a great it refers oh, I to never, his, movie. It refers to his uh, friend's, uh, friend Henry as a droogie. I never, you know, I never picked oh, up yeah. on that. Actually, uh, I've read the book that, and yeah. I love that movie. I've never picked <laughs> up on it's that. Good, it's a good ass <laughs> movie. Uh, uh, yeah. I think this is a, a banger. It's a, got a good speed change after they get in the last few songs. Yeah. And I like it when he goes. I mean, I don't really get the lyrics, but I like when he goes, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> wham, bam, every time. thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's a classic. Like, this has been covered by so many people, including yes. a bunch of bands I alike. had no clue it was David Bowie. Yeah. For I'm, some reason, I was like, is this like a really old Beatles song or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I had no idea it was David Bowie. I could see that. Yeah, he Like I, like we've said, he, he has a really wide range of sounds. Um, and this is one that's like more rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um almost kind of punky at some points it's uh yeah it's really it's really good and it's been covered by tons of people especially like the piano it's very fast and driving mm-hmm. throughout the whole thing i like the false end to it oh yeah yeah that's pretty cool and it comes it's back all right yeah um rock and roll suicide is our closing track i love this song this is probably the best song on the album in my mind it is very positive it is so yeah. good i yeah. so i listened to the song i was like wow i listened to it again and then I listened to two different live recordings. Oh, was, wow. I'm like, I got to hear this live. Yeah. <laughs> like, it is just so, so, it's a perfect end to this album. Yeah, was, absolutely. From the lyrics to the song, like the instrumentations and the beat itself, I was like, wow, this is amazing. It bookends five years really, really yes, well. Yes, it does. Because it, it? it yeah. sounds very similar, but different enough to be its own track. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's great that they're like, yeah, the start and the end. I thought that was really genius. And it's short. Yeah. Uh, or at least it feels short. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. again, that ending. It's like two and a half verse, or something, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, or bridge, when he starts like yelling about, give me your hands. Give me your hands. It's actually a large part of the song, yeah. but it's like, it feels so different. It's like, oh, yeah. this song rocks. I, yeah, I love the ending. It's a, it's about a guy trying to get through to his friend who, who just like, he wants his friend to know that he's not alone. Yeah. He doesn't have to kill himself. Oh, that's such a good part of the song. Yeah. As soon as that part it's of the song comes popular, out, I'm like, or, or like yes. very positive. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much power and the pacing buildup is so good. Yeah. Man. So good. Yeah. Really, really good. It's a good it's a good ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um 
Jeez, so we just talked about all the tracks. That was pretty fast. Yeah, tell me about the record. Uh, the record is my mom's uh, original pressing. Uh, it is from 72. Um, there's nothing special about it. Um, it's got a picture of David Bowie sitting in front of the K West uh, Furrier's shop yeah, that, in London. That was shot in monochrome, and then they colored it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so that's why uh, it so looks so weird. Oh, it's colorized. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, okay, yeah. so like what they used to do with old photographs yeah. in the eighteen hundreds. Yeah, um, that's why it looks almost animated. On the no. back, it's him standing in a London telephone booth. Uh, it has all the tracks. Oh, it has all the musicians on the back. Okay, so David Bowie plays guitar, sax. So he's a saxophonist. That's cool. Uh, and the vocalist uh, Mick Ronson plays the guitar. Trevor Boulder plays the bass. And Mick Woodman Z plays uh, the drums, and most of the piano is played by either Mick Ronson or uh, Rick Wickman. Cool. Uh, and all the arrangements were done by David Bowie and Mick Ronson. Now, I really like Mick Ronson as a guitarist. Um, there's a lot of good guitarists in the 70s named Mick. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so it's really hard to keep them apart. Uh, it's usually a toss up between Mick Taylor and Mick Ronson. Um, Mick Taylor is, of course, the uh, guitarist from um, the early 70s Rolling Stones. Um, and on the very bottom, it says uh, to be played at maximum volume, <laughs> which I appro- <laughs> uh, approve of. Um, but other than that, there's nothing special about it. It's an RC Victor It does recording. have Connie West's name on it, though. It does say K West on it. Um, <laughs> it does say K West on the front. Um, Very prominently, Connie West did produce this. Yeah, album. <laughs> this is a Connie West album. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's a it, nothing special to it. It is a sort of a heavier weight vinyl for a '70s pressing. You notice that a lot of '70s vinyl is kind of thin. This is probably like 130 grain. It's not thick, thick, but it's thicker than the crap they were putting out back then. Um, it's a Dynaflex disc. Ooh. I don't know what that means. Um, but <laughs> anyway, yeah. It. Bend it quick, Jamie. Bend it. Oh, I'm probably don't not going to do that. Do that. <laughs> um, a new pressing of this album costs about you know, $25, $30. Yeah. Um, the, they put out like a bazillion. There's oh, a yeah. 50th anniversary edition that came out last year. So many re-releases. Um, there's some expanded ones. And then there's an edition that comes with both Live Santa Monica 72, which is the live uh, rendition of this of most of the album. Hmm. Um, that's a pretty good value because that album alone is like sixty dollars. Um, uh, if you can find this album at a used record store, I recommend it. I wouldn't pay more than twenty dollars for a yeah. original pressing. Um, my original pressing sounds amazing, but I also have cleaned it regularly. Um, and I don't think my mom played it a ton. There's not a lot of marks on the disc or anything. So what would you uh, give it? What would I give this? Uh, it's a solid 10 out of 13. It's not a perfect album, but I really enjoy it. It's that That's like an 80% on the Jamie scale. Um, yeah. Definitely, definitely uh, one of my favorite, but not my absolute favorite. Yeah. Cliff, what do you think? I, I kind of agree, actually. I'm pretty close. I give it a 7.5 out of 10. Yeah, that's right. I kept flexing between 7 and 8, and I decided to just meet myself in the middle because, like, some of these are just amazing songs. Like, mm. I, like absolutely classics, timeless, you know, um, used in media. Like, they're, they're just they're so good. But then I don't like rock operas all that much. 
And I really, the second half, a good chunk of the the third quarter, basically, just kind of drags on for me with a few of the tracks that I'm just really not into. And so that kind of lowers the score for me personally. Um, I'd like to own a copy. Sure. But I'm not, like, going to go out of my way to go pick one no, up. No, it's, it's like, like if you saw it if, somewhere. If I see it in some bargain bin, a used copy that's, like, five, ten bucks that isn't, you know, scratched to hell, yeah, yeah I'll probably buy it. Hmm. Uh, final verdict from Jake Bell. Hi, Jake Bell. Every time I thought this album might falter, it immediately knocked it out of the park. It's got a super unintrusive storyline that really sucked me in. Holy, the thought of... An alien coming to save the Earth, becoming a rock star, getting too cocky, and then getting killed by his fans. Insane. How do you come up with that? <laughs> I underplayed a lot during this. I think this is the perfect album. Wow. wow. I agree. Uh, this was so good. And I actually struggled. I was like, I don't know where I'm going to place it because it's like just a record. Boom. And Swimming in Circles is like amazing. Fair. <laughs> I have to put this in the number one spot. Boom. Wow. This album is so good that I would my jaw dropped a couple times I was like there's no way there's no way this album is so good I wasn't even enhanced but when I listened to it enhanced I <laughs> it liked it even, even better more. <laughs> I, I struggled to write notes for the next album we're doing because I just want to listen to this one yeah holy smokes this album is so good so 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 good and I will be buying the nicest version of this album I can find wow like 100% wow and I highly recommend giving it a listen this was so good wow. from start to finish I've been listening to it Back to back, or front to back, over and over again. It's like my go-to album right now. I've been really enjoying this album. Dang. Crazy. Yeah, it is extremely good. You know what kills me? It, it, it's like I never figure out what Bell likes about an <laughs> album. And then he, th- he just like shoots one out of left, left field where he's just like, this is the greatest album I've ever heard. Yeah. This is easily one of the greatest albums I've ever heard. That's crazy. It is so <laughs> It thrills good. me. Um, you know, you know what was interesting? So last week I was, uh, we didn't record last week because I had to be at work in the evenings and I blasted the ever living crap out of this album. Did you play it at maximum volume? At maximum volume. I played it as loud as I could. If I had two of those giant Sony speaker things, I would have put them together. If Bowie was spinning in his grave previously to that, he stopped as soon as he turned it on. Yeah, if you ever end up doing that again, invite me because I will just sit there <laughs> and fully enjoy that. God, it was so loud in there. Uh, the the Uber Eats guy was just like, you guys having a party in there? And I was like, no. 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 <laughs> nah, it's just me. <laughs> That's how much food he ordered. He's like, there must be a party. <laughs> <laughs> I ordered a single beef dip. <laughs> <laughs> beef dip is not a food I want on the go. <laughs> it's like, please bring me a beef dip. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, Ploof, you've got... Uh, an album to follow. Holy uh, smokes. What are we listening to next that's week? That's fine. Um, I'm picking uh, something by MF Doom, but probably what some wouldn't consider his best album, but it's one of my favorites. It's The Mouse and the Mask by him and Danger Mouse, which is uh, Danger Doom. Danger Doom. Danger, Danger Doom. Doom. One half of Gnarls Barkley. Wow. We'll yeah. talk about that more next week on Vinyl Verdict. See you then. Bye. Bye. Hear you then. Read you then. Read you then. I gotta get some uh, milk.